what's going on everybody and welcome back to the a show with the kings a pro wrestling podcast i'm justin here with meals what's going on meals it's just a day man just another one of these days it's 10 17 shout out to gucci uh-huh. yes, sir. um it is a it's been a wild like i would say it's been a wild week for celebrity news i feel like <laughs> I feel like we're back in 2004, except <laughs> with the the gossip, the the quotes, the, the oversharing, the, the oversharing, and then subsequently the public also commenting on said overshare. I feel like the one thing that social media has done, while it has done some great things and being able to give access from people to, even though people don't want that much access anymore. Celebrities are like, we've tried the access thing, social media thing. We end up getting flambéed. We don't want it anymore. <laughs> I'll give you what you need to know. And you guys can, you know, the community can discuss it amongst themselves. But the oversharing of experiences and it's just, it's going to wow. be a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wow. Um Jaden will that's a whole thing. That I feel I feel I feel various ways about. Um but most importantly I feel <laughs> I feel strongly about things but also I'm like it's not my relationship. Do what works best for you and your relationship. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of my big walking away point josh, from that i think josh said it best this week on black print what has she done in the past 10 years that has given her the stature and the status what has she done um she's just jada pinkett smith man that's yeah, what she, she sometimes nothing. it's just but sometimes it's just that you know well she was in oh, girl's trip girl's trip was great wife? That was almost 10 years ago that she was in, in girl's trip <laughs> almost five years ago or something like that like that was a long time ago like just being a person's wife red table talk and, and it's not even it's not is that did, did that change the culture <laughs> in any way she I think I think it it doesn't affect us per se but I know that there are people who enjoyed red table talk and the open discussion and using it as a platform to humiliate your husband. (laughs) If that was the case and red table talk was that much and so much that when Facebook canceled it, she should have just continued and had a talk show afterwards. But it was, it was not that like, it just, it wasn't that like it, it was a bag to her. It was, yeah, it was the Smith family business. Yeah. Like it was a bag when she wasn't getting the bag and I think that, you know, the parasocial relationship, and this goes to wrestling too, the parasocial relationship that we have with these people, the the veil is starting to get lifted day by day. And and you see that like people are seeing these people are like not only just annoying, but they're as annoying as the regular people you come across every single day. I think yeah. the strike has definitely kind of heightened just the fact that like you know, celebrities are just so fucking weird. Like, look at what they're doing with, with the Israel-Palestine stuff. You got Amy Schumer fucking yeah. posting Instagram stories like she's a school shooter. To, like, uh, like she's about to go mask up and go fight the Hamas herself. Sit your ass down. And do you think... You, I, I mean, I don't want to say that they don't necessarily feel strongly about it, but I feel like they feel in this kind of environment, the socially conscious social media environment, that they feel like they do need to say something. Um, they don't. When oftentimes... I promise yeah. you, you don't need to say anything. <laughs> Honestly, no one's asking Tyler, the creator, to post anything about. <laughs> and he's just obliging. He's like, this is, not, this is not what I'm focusing on. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he feels for people who are going through deaths and, and all the horrific things. But I feel like he's someone who stays in his lane. And I feel like a lot of people. I mean, but then, but then you, I guess the intentions are always like, I want to bring awareness and then I also want to kind of put put my stance on it. And then I guess the intentions of them, I mean, kind of, is it just social media clout or do they actually feel things about it? This is, you can't have have good intentions standing on the wrong side and like not being well-versed and researched in what you're saying. You know what I mean? And I don't want to super get into the, 
the whole thing, obviously free Palestine. But like, I think that when 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 you're not well researched or studied, it can it it, it rubs off on you, and it's just like you know what, mm. man, stick to your day job, which is pretending to be other people. Like just just do that. <laughs> it's a uh, it's definitely between this Britney Spears is is having a new book and she's been. The quotes that have come out from that have just been like, wow. Um, yeah, all of them come oh, out. I'm Wale. I was about to say, Wale posted on Twitter for the first time in a long time. <laughs> Look at the timing. It's almost that time. New, sing- new single seems out Friday. My silence has been golden. See you on Friday mm-hmm. for Lauren back. Yeah. Let's go. If there's anyone who's benefited from silence... <laughs> Oh, trust me. He's he, he's been waiting. He's been chomping at the bit. <laughs> he's been well, chomping at the him. bit. Yes, sir. No, I was saying like yeah, like shout out to him for just like knowing. Okay, it's time to take a step back. I think real. I think realistically, with social media and stuff, I think we're so far in it now, and we kind of understand it now. That I think we also need to understand how to moderate ourselves. In terms of like what is too much consumption, what is too much oversharing, and kind of like, okay, maybe I need a break. Yeah. And I think that's okay. And I think that's healthy and stuff like that. Um, I think it's okay to say, like, let me put my phone down, let me do this, and I'll get back to it. It's not like you have to be completely off Twitter. You don't have to announce that you're leaving Twitter. You don't have to announce that you're leaving any social media. I hate when people do that. I'd be like, all right, see you in a couple months. But um, <laughs> and yeah i think we're at this point now where it's like okay i think we can i think we can moderate ourselves at this point so now everything is just and and we're going to talk about social media and oversharing a little bit because that's a the theme of this uh, is oversharing listen to tuesday cracked some people <laughs> last week <laughs> tuesday it, it it sent a couple people off the deep end um they might still be there. <laughs> it's very, very interesting. But um, uh, I mean, where do we start? Do we start with our let's let's start kind of like with our review of Super Tuesday? Obviously, if you listen to the War Report, you, you've heard what Quan and Cyrus have had to say about it. Um, me and Meals have kind of had a week to kind of ruminate on on what's happened since Super Tuesday, and I and I think that as far as discourse, rousing success. As far as the conversation. Listen, absolutely. First of all, them numbers drop like it was election night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you was in the Discord saying, hey, man, numbers drop in four minutes. I said, yo, meals, what? <laughs> Listen, I was ready. Not necessarily like I was super interested in those numbers because I've heard some talk kind of like the people who watched AEW watch AEW and the people who watch NXT watch NXT and there is no people like there wasn't some sort of overlap those numbers show a clear overlap mm-hmm. <laughs> and it shows that NXT did take a chunk out of AEW's numbers and to be honest with you I think even more that leads to that is watching Collision every Saturday where there is a pay-per-view and they do an astounding low every time there's an NXT or um main roster ple and i think i think there are more fans i think there are more aew fans who are fans of wwe product than wwe fans who are fans of aew product yeah it just seems like no one was going the other way yeah essentially yeah it's a you know um and they didn't give them a chance to to be honest with you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't, I mean, if if what you were looking at when you switched to that channel was like just pure wrestling and not like kind of the 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 razzmatazz of promos and stuff like that, like I think Tuesday kind of proved what the, the you know star power kind of buys buys things out. But it's like even and we haven't even got to like the actual numbers, but like even if the debate was that oh WWE had all these stars, it's like well you know AEW had main WrestleMania main eventers. <laughs> on their show like a lot of them you know what i mean and um i think as far as the discourse it was a success 
I think it was a success for one of the companies and and a, a sobering a haymaker in my opinion like they 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 got they got rocked in the jaw last Tuesday and I think that it's it's showing that the if if you did this 2 years ago the numbers look significantly different meals you know like it it just looks completely different but you have one company that's rolling on another level and you have another company that that is that is kind of trending and I said this a couple months ago. I'm like, I've never seen anyone come back from what they're what they're attempting to come back from. I've never seen it, but it's not 2021 anymore, right? And I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's any sole thing that kind of like saves AEW in this instance. Like they would have to completely turn it around, and even still, that could take what a year, you know, a year and okay. a half, maybe even two. Um. To be able to say, like, okay, let's figure out what these people actually... Let's figure out what actually draws people to a television show and do that instead of just kind of coming up with... The, because that's kind of what it was. I mean, NXT was largely produced. It was like an all-star homecoming kind of vibe to it. And it was largely produced like that kind of show. And then, um, like, you know, like they said on War Report, Dynamite was largely by the books... You have your MJF, your Adam Cole segment. You have your matches, these high caliber matches that mean absolutely nothing in the long run. Um, and it just fell the way it fell. I, I I, still, to be honest with you, I haven't watched Dynamite. And that's because, I don't know. I'm really, I'm trying to, I, I, I was a consumer of all wrestling in a past life. <laughs> Didn't matter to the day because... I just loved it. And, and and also in a past life, I was a consumer of all music albums. You know? Every Friday, I'm listening to everything. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving away my time that easy anymore. I'm actually going to respect my time a lot more. And I feel like if something's not serving me, I feel like if the television show is not serving me, if I feel like I'm not gaining anything by the end of it, by watching it, I'm simply just not going to watch it. And I think NXT last week, gave a lot more substance, a lot more promise, and a lot more variation than AEW did. I mean, it put poor Tony Storm's thing in a picture in picture. <laughs> I mean I mean let's just get down to it. I mean NXT opens with Cody um as announcing himself to be the GM, uh getting the sparklers in the in the PC. Uh, he's going to be on NXT tonight. They mentioned that kind of like offhand <laughs> at the end of Raw last night. <laughs> like he's going to be on NXT tonight just to do one more. He said he has I, one, I, yeah, he has one more decision to make. I think they taped it last week, but he was like, oh, I forgot. I said one more thing last week before I was stripped of my GM powers. I was like, okay. <laughs> I would imagine, I honestly would imagine that they're going to book that Nathan Frazier Dom match. And I think that might be his last thing, but we'll We'll see. I mean, Dom and Nathan Frazier had a thing at, at Raw. They flew with Nathan Frazier all the way to <laughs> all the way to that city just to do that one thing and, and leave. But I mean, what what I loved about it, Meals, was that the integration has never been stronger. This is like when people love to see in their in their favorite TV shows and then all those superhero movies where all of the heroes meet, right? Where where they just pop up. You know what I mean? And it was super cool to see that to see Braun interacting with Paul Heyman because it gives you the sense of like, what if, right? Like what if things were differently or what if he was in the main roster? How would this look? How would this work? What would Melo look next to John Cena? But also integrating these characters into the storylines is is in a way that they actually advance them with the Trick Williams thing and Cena. Cena saying, you know, let's go talk. Um, Of course, the Lyra Valkyria stuff and Becky Lynch beginning to kind of – and it, to, to peak as well with, with Tegan Knox, who's going to be on NXT again this week. Um, it, it's just a really cool integration where it feels like the, they're, they're not shunning NXT and it's not on its own island, but it is a part of the system. I mean, we, we just Absolutely. saw Dragon League. We just saw Dragon League get called up to SmackDown. You know what I mean? Like the, these are like really cool kind of integrations that they do. And I think that the, if this is the beginning of what they're continuing to do with these shows, I think I'm all for it because it, it it's really making NXT look like not only just a like the third brand thing, but also a place where where these these you know main roster stars come down just to feel the energy of the crowd out there. Like the crowd was crazy on 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 in in that warehouse <laughs> on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, nah, it was 
I mean, they managed to, and that's the thing WWE does best. They, they create these moments, even if it's for the smallest room. And, you know, again, um, you can't replicate like the feel of an arena, but they can kind of like um, galvanize the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, galvanized yeah. the reaction of the warehouse so it felt like somewhere where you needed to be the people were rapping john cena's theme song beyond just the first couple of words they were like rapping it this is like they showed again like every time i watch this i'm like i, I kind of want to go to nxt like i want to i want to go there and maybe that's what they they're trying to like pull as well but yeah, they managed to create some moments last week, and and they and they managed to take the stars, and it it wasn't a shameful thing where it felt like the stars of the show were in the background. They played prominent; they stood across from the major stars in the company, and you know, got that kind of like built and, and shine put on them. Whereas Dynamite, um... well, Dynamite was a show. I mean, they like just quarter show. to quarter. They they <laughs> they opened it with a wrestling match, and I think everyone there there's a, a a really crazy tweet that was like, "Dynamite open with Brian Danielson, NXT open with Cody talking. Let's see who wins this one or some shit like that." And I was like, "I don't I don't think this is gonna go the way that you think it's gonna go, my brother. <laughs> I don't think this like, is gonna go the way you think it's gonna go." But do you think do you think like? Do you think in any, just kind of like knowing how this company is run, do you think this changes anything? Or do you think like, I mean, I think we both agree that it should change something, but do you think it actually would considering all no. the powers that are involved? No, I don't think it will. I think that this is their, this is their brand. This is, this is their breed. They're going to stick to their core, even if their core seems to be at this point, 500 to 600,000 people a week. Um, I, I think these are their diehards that are going to stick around with this. I think Tony thinks there's nothing wrong with what's going on. And we'll talk about what Tony thinks in, in, in a few. But um, I, I think that a lot of what AEW was built on was that counter. We're against whatever the WWE is doing. We don't like promos, even though they love MJF promos. We don't love the storylines that are melodramatic, even though AEW has hella melodramatic stuff. We don't like the comedy. Once again, AEW does a lot of comedy, including with their mm -hmm. world champion week. Like they don't love any of those things, but they love it when AEW does it. So it's like they're gonna go down with the ship, regardless. And I think that last week was just again, you already saw you saw the the goalposts being moved. Uh, they they were only a little bit off the demo. They 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 nearly tie the demo. Um, they're they're not even looking at viewership numbers anymore. They're not, they're <laughs> no, not they're looking, looking at demos. <laughs> yeah, they're looking at the demo. They're looking at well, what won the demo? I I think that there was a point where who did Gallus beat in the in the in the demo and viewership uh, at one point? Who, who was on it at that point? It was like like Brian. I think Gallus. Right. Yeah, Brian was on for like pretty much the first like twenty five minutes or so. And then Gallus came out and people still looked at Gallus. And we were for sure. And the thing is, Gallus had a huge drop. And it was still over 300,000 more than what AEW is doing at that point. So it was like, you know, it, it, it was a drubbing, okay? Like, it was a 608 or whatever it was to, to 918 is a fucking drubbing. It is, it is a clear sign that there's something that's not working. And I think, I don't want to be like too outrageous, but like, I'm, and I want to ask you, like, was this was last week like Tony's like battle put asses in seats, huh? Moment. I think last week was his. Uh, oof, I don't know what last week was. I feel like it was a it was a bad attempt at counter programming. It was it was a bad. It's like if you go into war. And you know what your audience is, and you're still not provide. If you're going to war and you know what your opponent can bring, and you still don't prepare for that opponent, you just continue doing the same exact fucking thing. Mm -hmm. um, only like maybe maybe there's more bullets in the guns, maybe there's more things, but realistically, like you're going in with the they're going the season four Attack on Titan. They're bringing in actual titans, and you just yeah. got fucking. <laughs> it's like all right, we got we got bullets, we got people. We got, you know, we, we got more people, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, I feel like it was a, if anything, what last week should tell him, I feel like it's a gross misunderstanding. Well, I don't know. 
because is it personal brand or is it just like understanding wrestling as a television overall did he get it if you had to say like if there's one thing that he did wrong was it not providing a better television show or not just providing more to it's like you know it's like you said he 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 kept going to the same strategy because that strategy worked it worked that strategy got them a little bit of a demo higher than SmackDown that one time. That demo, that demo, and that viewership got them smacking NXT Black and Gold, even though that was a brand that, at that point, <clears throat> had been had been depleted and just destroyed at that point because of you know the the lack of care when you, when you think about it. <clears throat> um, I, I I think that it it wasn't about more or enough. It was about hubris, and I think that's been the major thing about this company is the hubris of the fans of their diehard fans, rather the hubris of the people at the top, the hubris of everyone there. I mean, you've got people saying, we don't need it. We don't need a PC. Who, who needs a PC? Who needs a developmental? Who needs that? And it's like, you, you look at it, you look at it there. I mean, we, we could get right, right down to brass tacks. Like you look at this, at the way they presented Jade, but even lower than that meals, look at how they're presenting Lexi, uh, Lexus King with, with a, with a, I thought was a really good um video package last week on NXT. It sold you on the kid's story to the point where now you bought into the character even a little bit. Whereas in AEW, you bought into nothing. You defined him by how good he was in the ring, and he wasn't really that good. And I think the majority of people wrote him off. But then I also think there's a level of the Varsity Blondes thing, I think, was, again, I think that's, like, creative from a standpoint where it's, like, that's this is where the benefit of an actual creative team comes in. Not necessarily just bookers, but people with ideas who say, okay, but what if we did this instead? What if we bring this instead? Instead of kind of allowing people to say what they want and present what they kind of want. There's been a whole bunch of conversation about Edge since he debuted, because quite frankly, (laughs) you know, AEW is not being NXT since Edge came back. I'm sure maybe it'll change this week. Who knows? (laughs) It probably will actually. I doubt uh, it. I um, highly doubt it. We've got main roster people showing up. Dom is probably going to be on the show. Uh, I mean, at this point, Dom is an NXT superstar. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, be yeah. He, he's, a, he's a two-time NXT North American champion. I think that's more than a lot of people, except maybe Gargano. But I think um, people are looking at him kind of like crazy as well and kind of like, all right, so what? You, you just edge? <laughs> Like, are you? I mean, are you but let's get in that. Let's get in the cope. All right. Because I get in the cope. Big cope. I, I mean, part of that Tuesday before that Tuesday was the fact that he also showed up on Collision, which had like 400,000 viewers. Uh, and then he showed up. <laughs> hey. I'm glad you popped yourself for that one. <laughs> listen, I'm going to keep it real. I, li- I, I remember listening to a Wade Keller. I think I even put it in, in the Discord. Uh, if you guys are in our Discord, I, I listen to the Wade Keller thing. Whenever there's like something like really special, I'll, I'll, I'll transcribe it for the chat. But um, remember when he was talking about why the punk experience, uh, experiment didn't work and how as soon as those ratings went from a million to 900 to 800, people started looking at punk as if, why are we paying him this much money if we're getting this return on it? Remember that, Mills? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So at this point, Edge has gone from low to lower since he's been there. And you have to think that all the people, all the young people, in, in, in fact, in, in, probably including the elite who are uh, suspiciously absent <laughs> from a lot of things that are going on in the past couple of weeks. Um, you have to think, what do they think about that? Because it wasn't at that point, he, Punk wasn't choking niggas out and beating them up and and you know doing all of that stuff. At that point, he was just Punk trying to trying to help. That's the whole narrative, trying to help. You got to think of what they think of Edge pulling in these types of numbers, and he's getting twenty five minute segments. He's getting fifteen minute promos that are taking time away from other people on the show, of which you have a roster of over one hundred, right? But like, wouldn't that shape right. you a little bit? Yeah, to be honest with you. <laughs> It is, it's, it's, it's a, that's a, it's a big investment with a cope. You know what I'm saying? It's not uh, even gaining in the overrun. And he, like the overrun didn't even gain them nothing. <laughs> the overrun was and, 10 and, minutes long. 
do you feel like a part of that is just because we just seen him or do you feel like a part of it is just not only have we just seen him he was literally he's literally the same person absolutely absolutely i think if they wanted to do something a little bit different if you if you could call it that i would have had him team up with christian from the beginning and have him be a heel but you can't do that but also you could do that because he was he was just on tv a month ago yeah he's not like he thought he was, I'm telling you, he thought he was Lex Luger showing up at the Mall of America. <laughs> In that little t- I that, feel like, he, that's what he thought. I feel like with Colt, <laughs> with Edge, um, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think, even judging, right, like there was this little exchange on Saturday that they showed between him and Ricky Starks on the show. Um, which again makes it the benefit of like maybe I don't want to necessarily say like people need to start writing their own stuff but I think people need to there needs to be actual direction before you get in little vanilla midget fake rock things I was like okay you sound very like old man he was he was flustered my brother how do you how did you feel about that I felt that I felt like Ricky Starks was playing, and then he was like, I'm not playing. We ain't playing. <laughs> it's like you, you slap somebody in the mouth real hard. Like, you slap him back. He's like, whoa, whoa, I thought we were just, we were just fucking. Yeah, I thought we were just fucking. We promos. I'm a heel. What are we doing here? Da, 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 da. But he got in his bag with it. I feel like, yeah, it's just, you know, his presence in AEW, I don't think it's. I think it's the same thing that people criticize Cody for, where it's just like this own universe kind of thing. And I think he's promising all these great matches. He wants to have these great matches and stuff like that, but there's no, the creative hasn't carried over yet. The identity hasn't carried over yet into something that feels more AEW driven. And maybe it is edge turning heel because he has not been heel in a long time. And to be honest Mm -hmm. with you, I thought, I mean, he was heel in Judgment Day, but he got kicked out, so I don't even fucking count that. But I feel like it was, he's... It wasn't working in WWE because you couldn't get the sympathy for somebody um, who had come back from such a debilitating and tragic injury and in retirement to get to boo him. It was just hard to do that. So it ended up being apathy. And I un- I completely understand. And he's talked about it. He did an interview where he's talking about where he said, you know, I did all these changes. I cut my hair and did all this stuff. And they still kicked me out anyway. And I was like, I mean, from a creative standpoint, we, even on this show, we weren't feeling the heel turn because it just didn't seem right. Yeah. I feel like also I think he's involved in himself and like putting himself so orbiting so close to Christian. I think um, has you immediately compare the both. And Christian is currently on the best run that he's been in a number of years. Um, firmly, probably the top heel on the show. Um, firmly doing the work and then some. And then you have Edge kind of coming in. And it's really a lot of talk. And yeah. <laughs> it's it's not as much of the work as Christian has to do because Christian has always lived in the shadow of Edge of like, you know, he's good, but he's no Edge. Whereas now you li- you have this thing where like Edge is coming in the Christian's world, the a world of like underutilized people who not necessarily being seen, people who felt like they weren't necessarily seen for their ability. And, Ed- and Edge is trying to come up with like this this narrative around him, like they didn't let me do what I wanted to do. So I'm going out and I'm finally a free man. And it's like, but that doesn't work for you because you're a millionaire (laughs) and you, and you're an 11-time world champion. And all of the, all of the, I feel like a teenager again. I feel like I'm starting all over. I'm like, no, no, no. You're starting from the top. (laughs) Taking pictures with like, taking pictures of Brian and Paige and, and stuff and being like, man, we, we couldn't wrestle years ago, and now we're finally being able to do it, you know, where we're doing it. And da, 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 da. and I'm like, bro, Brian has been wrestling for like six years now. <laughs> like, yeah, he's been back for a while. <laughs> yeah. Paige is, Paige is a different story. Um, but they wouldn't clear her. And, and even with you, you've been wrestling for like three, four years now. Like, it's not I, – I think he needs to stop resting on the laurels of the past. 
and start really figuring out how he's going to reinvent himself at 50 years old. Honestly, Edge is kind of the definition of white privilege within AEW. Mm. Like, if you really think think about it, I mean, I, I look at the interviews he's been doing and it just comes off to me as like, very much like not knowing his privilege like he you're very privileged to be in the spot that you are stop acting like that you're like starting from the bottom in AEW and you're starting from the bottom of your career you're not you're being treated with the respect that you should be getting yes but you are you are completely blindsided and blinded by your own kind of like storyline that you're trying to create for yourself they're going to cheer you and they're going to keep cheering on meals for a while and then they're, they're going to turn because it, it doesn't feel genuine at all. Not in the way that Punk coming back after seven years does. Not in the way that Daniel Bryan coming back after four or five years does. You were just on TV getting the send-off of your career. You think AEW is going to be able to do that? Not being able to use any of the fucking footage that, they, that you've amassed with them for 25 years? You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to be the same. And, I, and, and then you look at it, it doesn't seem like audiences are into it either because it's like, I could see a regular person being like, he was just on TV, now he's going to the ghetto? That's just weird. It is weird. I think it's just, yeah, I think it's just not being able to read the room a little bit, but then also not having the ability to say like, okay, how, how do I present myself in a way that makes sense within this ecosystem as opposed to the other one? And I literally think he just came in and he was like, I want to do shit that I haven't done in a while. I'm like, yeah, there's a level of privilege in that for sure. Yeah, like, to be able no to say like I'm gonna, that? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like no one else is able to come in and say like I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to have these ideas, I want to have these ideas, and it's gonna. I don't know if it'll take very long, but like you said, it's gonna start looking very funny in the light when uh, people are out thing. here winning these matches. Go ahead, go ahead. One last thing on Super Tuesday before we get out of here. <clears throat> um. The main event between Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes, I thought was spectacular. It was probably their best match that they've had. Um, I agree. It just it felt like there were stakes, even if they. Well, with that, I mean, they, obviously they made stakes like during the show. <laughs> Whoever wins would be put in the match uh, for the uh, to go after the title. But I'm I gotta say, and I want to commend Sean and the creative team at NXT. I was very down on this show last spring. I was down on it. A lot. I was like, this is this become a chore to watch. Other than like maybe some of the women stuff, there was just really nothing that was grabbing me on this show. The way that, and I got to commend them in the way that they've managed to turn things around for the better for Braun, for Carmelo Hayes, and now you've got a really cool storyline that he's going after. Um, and now you've got Braun Breaker kind of being looked at as kind of like the chosen one again, even if he's not as big in stature. He's taking losses now, which I think is completely the right thing to be doing but i i really right. enjoy that main event i really like the way that they're portraying it and i really loved the and i'm going off tangent here but i'm really i really love the lyra valkyria becky lynch thing that was dope too and i hate the people that was trying to shit on it by bringing up lyra's old tweets talking about she like Be- uh sasha banks like that's not the point guys like can you just fucking what stop? <laughs> i didn't even see that <laughs> Someone brought up tweets where she was saying that Sasha Banks was her favorite or something like that. And I'm like, what the, I'm like, no, <laughs> like exactly. Like th- th- this is within the the TV universe. You think that as a character, she's gonna say, oh yeah, I did do that. Like no, like it's stop, <laughs> stop being corny. Like I just I just hate the corny shit. But I but again, like at, at the top of the car right now, NXT's rolling. I think it's my favorite two hours of TV to watch during a week. I mean, and that, that says a lot because I'm enjoying SmackDown. SmackDown was a banger. We're going to talk about that as, as well. Uh, and Raw's a banger too. Like, I, I think NXT is just such a fun show. I, it's it's rare. And we've been doing this show for five, six years, Milos. It is rare that all three shows are moving like this. I agree. And it's rare that we have a, a, a lot of things to kind of talk about and these major points to talk about that are coming from the shows. And there are a lot of... there. Are, Storylines are becoming a lot more, uh, you know, they're endings to things. They're actually coming out as stories. And I think yeah. that's what played in and that's what ended up being like the major factor for this Super Tuesday thing of like these stories being told, these characters being developed and kind of being having a snapshot of where they are. And we're just and also knowing we're probably still at the beginning of their story, because once they get to the main roster, they're going to be stars there, too. So. 
it was great to see that. And yeah, Super Tuesday. It was a banger. Um, probably an enjoyable experience in the Discord, enjoyable experience on Twitter. And uh, it produced a lot of uh, a lot of discourse hey. online. Well, I mean, let's get to it. Somebody didn't take Super Tuesday very well. So throughout the day, uh, Tony Khan, by the way, which was his birthday, (laughs) yes. Tony Khan was on Twitter a lot of that day. Do you feel like before I get into this, do you feel like he knew he was going to lose? Um, I think you always have to assume that a big entity like WWE is definitely going to have the advantage. Um, I thought, and he's not on his regular night. That's another thing too. But I think he had done it before. He won before, not on his regular night. I mean, this is true. Maybe you did think he was going to win. He's weird. (laughs) I think, I think by the next day he, he, he thought it was cooked. I think he knew it was cooked by that next day, but I want to get into some of these tweets so, um, uh, Nick Hausman, Punk's friend, um, said that he, 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 on his house of wrestling site, he said, uh, he, he had an article saying Triple H and Shawn Michaels looked to send Tony Khan a message through NXT that night. He said, I have a message for them with a curb, curb your enthusiasm, uh, uh, cl- uh, a picture from, from one of the episodes with bald asshole on the door. That was, that was one of them. Uh, I guess he's talking about Triple H, I guess. Um, then he says. Then afterward, like, but again, he's he's literally just like responding to people online with with gifts, saying who gives a fuck, uh, all of this other crazy shit. After the shows he's came, out to people, he's bringing up things on cage side seats of like people who reviewed the shows, and it's like those must be the same person because they gave just equal reviews and they use the same verbiage to explain like he must be a crappy person. I was like, bro, what? What? Extremely Why? bizarre. I mean, one of the tweets after the ratings came out, this is at like 8.46 uh, a.m. my time, which was like 11. Like, he should be doing some work <laughs> with the, at the time. He was he should have been doing some work. He should have been kind of going work. to. You own a you own a football team and a wrestling company. He should have he should have been going to the playbook. Like what went wrong this <laughs> on Tuesday? Right. Instead of saying this week, two active decades long rating streaks from with from two great legends were ended. With all due respect, until this week's head to head, AEW on TBS versus WWE on USA. Neither John Cena nor Undertaker ever been on a, on a WWE show with under 1 million total viewers uh, plus under 400K in the demo. And like a lot of people rightfully said, neither has Edge. <laughs> like, neither has Edge. <laughs> That's funny. Like, like um, come on. Like, like, what, what's your take on, on all of this? I mean, he went on Dan Lebatard's show. He's, he's throwing shots at Vince McMahon. Who, who, who again? And we got this confirmed this week as well. He's not in creative anymore. He's he's literally just a CEO of the company. He's he's chilling right now. He's not doing nothing, and you're still throwing shots. I think he's just as he is as big online as pretty much the rest of the fan bases. And there was a lot of capping. There was a lot of pleading. There was a lot of people who were like, "But they had big stars on their show," and I was like, "Bro, like." relax it's not it's not that big of a deal you didn't there's this guy who went on this like three minute tirade on social media about why aew fans why wwe fans should like go rock and hell he, he spent the entire week telling wwe fans to go fuck themselves and then he <laughs> and i don't think that's the proper way how to handle especially running any company i think he needs to um <sighs> get a get a fucking grip he needs to get yeah. a grip. It, it is. I, I think he needs to keep him on his burner account, which no doubt exists. Oh, he's probably got multiple. He's like the KD of, of, of wrestling Twitter at this point. But it, it, a lot of people are saying that WWE may look at this as a declaration of war. I, I think that they, they're already looking at it. I don't think these tweets signal that. I think they already look at it like that with what they've been doing. I think so Obviously, too. With what they did with the show. They... Another wrestling show came on the same night they did, and they damn these this painting company even calling me like <laughs> for like five times. I, I I put in a request seven o'clock this morning. I've got five calls and it's only been five hours. 
Um, they must need the business. But um, but no, what was I, I saying? But they did what they did on Tuesday. Like again, it was it was seen as as war. Oh, they counter programmed. Yeah, they counter programmed the show. Like you come on, you come on Tuesday night. There's another wrestling show that is an opportunity to take a chunk out their viewers. Again, NXT and Raw. They're currently um, shopping for a new network. It's 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 in their best case to continue to like make this show look as cool and as, as profitable as po- humanly possible. So they said, all right, bet. If they're going to be on this night, we got to make sure that people are watching our show. Simple as that. But I don't know. He, it's been a, a deeper war for him. He feels like you know this has been even since like he holds his vendettas. Like even when his mom was in the hospital and WWE is trying to like, um, what did he call it? Um, what the uh... trust steal their talent um tampering oh, oh tampering there's no, yeah there's no tampering in wrestling <laughs> like yeah the, and the stuff about the mom there's no, just there's no governing body to 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 institute what would be tampering what is not tampering everyone's independent contractors yes you shouldn't talk to someone where they're on a the contract but that's never stopped anyone else before i promise you that yeah just the stuff with the mom was was just was strange i i thought that Again, even with the all due respect, trying to, not to disrespect Cena or, or or Undertaker, who I mean, are unimpeachable. You know what I mean when it comes to like just just the respect you should show them. That's not respectful. Like with all due respect, usually precedes disrespect, and and that I was agree. completely what it was what it what it was meant to do. And they're they're not a they're I mean they're doing they're doing Sean a favor. You know what I mean? They're they're doing the company a favor. They're 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 showing uh, loyalty. Sean, I don't I don't know if this show on Tuesday is gonna make him in you know in contention for Booker of the Year. I'm like, Sean Michaels yeah. is a four time WWE champion, two time Hall of Famer, <laughs> probably one of the best wrestlers that ever existed. I don't think he gives a damn about being Booker of the Year in 2023. And um, again, been around, been around, seeing things, seeing people come and go. Like the Tony thing is just. There are so many things in that company that he could look internally to to fix, and I just don't think Mills that he will at this point because those tweets show that he does not think that the win was legitimate. He doesn't think it was legitimate, and I can think of another politician who doesn't often oh, think wow. of 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 drubbings that happened that bad. That <laughs> as legit, hey, hey, Drewski hands, we spitting today, but we got we got to move on from Super Tuesday. I, I, we got to move on. There was another conversation that was had. There was actually, well, actually, before I get to that, there was CM Punk information that came out last week, Mills. Um, all signs pointing to the fact that WWE told him no for the time being. Um, they just don't want that stigma, that kind of thing going against them right now. Uh, from what's been reported to Sean Ross Sapp and, and Meltzer and a couple of other places, they did have talks, but they said it's not a no forever but it's a no right now. What what are your takes on that? Um, I agree with it. While it would be great to see CM Punk back in WWE, say by Survivor Series, and that would be amazing, and have his whole WrestleMania trip. And I think a, a, I think CM Punk's a run for CM Punk in WWE would go far better than I guess his last number of years in WWE. And without. I don't know if it'll go better than AEW, to be honest with you, but it it can't be any worse. Um, But yeah, I think it would be, I think it would set a bad precedent considering how he was let go from AEW. And it would feel Mm -hmm. like maybe a reward to bring him into WWE, give him all this praise, give him all this shine, give him all this money, and then also give him the spot of someone who's been working their ass off in this growing, profitable company. Whereas we're just bringing him in, and it, it would feel like it was just to spite AEW in some sense. But also, he hasn't—he hasn't necessarily earned it. I think within the good graces of like, we're still fresh from him beating up people. <laughs> it's it, yeah. It's still it's been like two months <laughs> since he's been beating up people. Also, if the idea is that Triple H, as he said, books six months, eight months in advance, whatever, there is already a plan 
And I think the I think one of the things I love the most about WWE TV right now is how intentional everything is. Is like there's very few times we have to question anything on this TV for at least for the past year because we know it's gotten paid off. Even if like whether it be Vince staying home that day or just something that happens later on, that gets paid right. off later on on the line. Um, I just don't feel like a CM Punk return. There's nothing even hinting to that right now. You know what I mean? Like it, it's 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 all well, hinting. To- they've been doing the little they've been doing the little smart alecky shits. Um, just to play been, with yeah yeah but they do that all the time they do that all the time yeah like it, it's it's i mean you know they, they talk about a lot of time you know they do that type of stuff all the time but i think that if if it made more sense i would say 2024 when maybe somebody starts kind of um phasing out or or there's a there's somebody that's doing something else or somebody moves down to the mid card like to me with cm punk it's the same thing with the rock thing all signs going to are going towards this company being the being Cody's company come April 2024 to me. Mm-hmm. And right. I think if you put punk there, you you put that in question and you and you really kind of show that there's not enough faith for what you have right now. What they have right now, the core of what they have with the Beckys, the Cody's, the Jay Cargill's, the Roman Reigns. How did I not bring him up? Like all of that, that's a that's fine. CM Punk to me is just and everybody who's up next. To be honest with you, yeah, exactly. Like they they have enough right now, so that they could tell a CM Punk no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they could say that no with a straight face and say, "Holla at us in March. Holla at us in you know next August or something like that," and we can think of something. But um, I I'm, I don't have a problem with it. I, I think Survivor Series is still going to ring off. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I completely see where they come from if, if that was the case. Absolutely. Um, go off. So, so I saw something on Twitter the other day and they said something like, uh, well, I've been seeing it for a while and this is about a, a certain AEW star that we're not too fond of, um, named Sw- Swerve Strickland. And they're saying that he should be uh he should be the AW world world champion. That that he's ready. He's ready, folks. He's the guy. MJF should drop the title to him. I can't think of anything that would be a worse idea than to put the title <laughs> on somebody who is not proven. And this is the same this is the same type of thinking that got them six hundred K viewers the other week. Is is that type of right. booking. I can't think of anything worse than this, than, than, than Swerve leapfrogging people who have been established and could <clears throat> realistically bring this company a lot of money. Race notwithstanding, I don't even think we got to go there. It's because it's not even worth bringing up. Just off of the fact that there are so many people in that company right now that have stories that are not complete. And that would be, to me, I felt like they fumbled Adam Page. Okay. I know the punk shit happened. Punk's gone what? now. He's still he's still rudderless. What say what? Adam Page. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Well, yes and he no. was I, he was their guy. Like he legitimately could still be their guy if Tony gave a fuck. He really could. I feel I feel like he was great in this situation. But if he was better than he was, he would not be lost right now. And I looked to Adam Page in the first episode of AEW Dynamite, where he faced Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. And niggas was not fucking with it. <laughs> he came out on a horse and everything. And it took him two, three years for him to get back into world title scene because, to be honest, with you, one he had this other. I think his best stories revolve around doing it with his friends. Um, but two, I feel like Adam Page. I feel like the reason why Swerve Strickland looks like a star is because he's standing across from a like a black hole of charisma named Adam Page. He's next to a fallen star. That's that's why. And <laughs> yeah. he's also he's also wrestling and losing to guys that make him go from a good wrestler who's he's a good wrestler, he's fine, to a great one. And that's with But Brian Adam Page Dennis. shouldn't be losing in this instance. I, I agree. If he's if he's a guy, he shouldn't be losing. Exactly. He shouldn't be losing to swear and i and i think that ultimately 
I don't know if this feud is over. I don't think it's over. It shouldn't be over after one match. But I think Adam Page would, would ultimately or should ultimately win the feud at, in the end against Swerve. But I think that there's so many people. Christian could hold the AEW title right now. He has a he has a claim to that. Brian Danielson could hold it right now. He has a claim to that. You you could always put the title on Kenny Omega. You could always put the title on Mox. Like these are guys that like cope. You could cope. Cope could get the title. <laughs> to me, there are four or five guys. MJF could hold on to the title, win it, lose it, and win it back again from one of those guys, those aforementioned guys. My thing is is that i feel like they're slotting him there <clears throat> because he is the only black talent that they have given any time to at all and it makes it look like it is bigger than what it really is when it's like yo that this company is not built to sustain or really give somebody like him that type of that type of shine for an elongated period of time he would get the title meals and then he would be lost in the sauce again he would he would just have it it would just be a moment. Remember when they claimed won the tag titles, and then right after that, it was just like, eh. They they didn't give no, a shit. No, the claim the it was it was him who won the tag titles, and everyone was like, eh. That's where, yeah. <laughs> that's where my argument came in. It was literally as soon as they won the tag titles. Remember that guy in the presser was like, hey, listen, Acclaim got a lot more cheers than these guys. Do you think they should put the titles on them? And then they put the titles on them, and they were. They're doing great segments every week, and it's the claim who actually got the shaft and all this stuff. Um, and I, I just look feel like to see what they do in twenty twenty four. But I just, I just feel like the way that the company is like set up, and I've said this all the time, they are not set up to have a pipeline like that. Like the, the yeah, the yeah, pipeline, I agree. It, they are not set up to have that. There are guys there that are have resigned that make way more money than him. Like. If if I was to compare him, and and this is this is you know not in quality or talent, he's in the Booker T position where he's always kind of like that one shot away. For remember him when he was in WCW, and he would always get those yes. shots, or he would always kind of be at the top of the upper mid card. That that's what he he feels like to me in AEW. He's like in that Booker T role where like he could be probably the best TNT champion ever, but yeah. because of the way the company is construed with all these fucking white guys at the top, and I'm not naming the white guys because they're like better like i'm not like the the biggest fan of a lot of them but they just have more meat on the bone right now like they're, they're trying to make the fucking prince nana like they're saying this is viral i'm like i go out fucking side ain't nobody doing the prince nana dance nigga like it's, it's just not viral at all it's just viral to y'all am i am i wilding <laughs> <laughs> no you're not i think um I don't think you're wrong at all. I think Swerve Strickland is a very talented professional wrestler, and I think he's great in the ring. He puts on these great performances. I think, and someone said this in the Discord, he's a good wrestler who thinks he's great. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a level, and and to be honest, you kind of got to believe yourself to at some point. There's got to be a little. All the all the real greats have a level of delusion to them, um, but. I don't think we're currently in the position. I saw that tweet and I was like, I don't think, like you said, AEW is currently not built with that kind of like pipeline yet. And a lot of it is because the development of their star, and they're going to argue the development of their stars. It was like, oh, we did this and we put him in a match against this and we put him in the thing. But ultimately, how you really develop these stars is tell their story and have these like creative arcs for them. This isn't a back and forth promo session where the guy says the biggest, you know, the biggest you know, ooh stuff and ends up winning because of that. Ultimately, you have to build a narrative around these guys to be able to say like, oh, okay, th- this guy deserves to be here. Not just because he's good in the ring. Everyone in AEW is good in the ring. It's a, it's, it's, it's not a point of contention for that. Is he it because he's a rapper? Is, is he good? Yeah. <laughs> is it because he's a rapper? Is it because he's black? Like it, that's not enough. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, I think Swerve Strickland, I think he can, I think he has potential to be AEW champion, but his story is not even close to being told in any fashion of him being actual champion. Who he is he? not done the work. Yeah. Who is he? Like, realistically, <laughs> like, who is he? Like, who is he? He's just a guy who raps, bro. He's a guy and who the raps. other guys who rap, who did it better than him. 
guy who raps. Russell's good. And he was on Hot 97. And uh not on the morning he, show. He has bad outfit. He has bad he has bad outfits. And <laughs> that's that's all we know. I think there's a lot more to do with him and he has a shitty stable and it's a it's it's like a bunch of things going on at once it's i don't think he's currently in position i think they're trying to force him into position and i'm not going to say what reasons why they're forcing him into positions the powers that be there want to see him there um while ignoring a lot of other people to be honest with you um however i feel like he has potential but we have not even gotten close to telling the story of I'm who be he real. is. Go ahead. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be real, real. I'm gonna be real, real, really real. real. Be really, if they real. Was, if they was fucking real, and they knew how to actually book like monster heels that look good and that can actually squash a lot of these like short ass people that are on, on these shows, they should have been put Keith Lee in that position. Because if you want to talk about somebody that, and he doesn't even necessarily have to talk, all he has to do is just squash people and fuck people up. Keith he has Lee, a presence to him, albeit exactly needs to take Keith off the Lee. one piece stuff. <laughs> Keith Lee is in that position, and I think that if you want to talk about somebody, and I'm not even saying this to be like you know, facetious or, or to be like funny. But I, I think Keith Lee, if they knew how to do this and, and this, we talk about the pipeline, the pipeline's terrible because at the end of the day, Keith Lee's just wrestling on fucking, like how did he get leapfrogged? Oh, I guess because he couldn't go. I guess, I guess he was, he was hurt or sick or whatever, but. But he's been, he's been here for so long. So you just can't be, like, like here's my long. thing. You can't just be, you cannot just be the default. That's my issue. Yeah. Just because he's he's black and there by default, like he just can't be there by default. There's people that see a lot in fucking Powerhouse Hobbs and they fucking they fumble that guy too. They don't develop him correctly either. There's people who saw it with Lee Moriarty. He was having the same conversations and they fucking fumbled him as well. There's a reason why you always believe that Carmelo Hayes could be NXT champion. <laughs> and it was and when you look at it on paper, it only solidified it a lot more. Like the work that Carmelo Hayes did um, with the North American Championship, all these feuds, things with Trick, bringing up Trick, you know, all these major programs, guys from the main roster, guys from things, like his resume is built. Swerves is not yet built. He's got great matches, but he's end up losing all the and then you put him in the position where he loses to Brian Danielson, which I guess should happen, but realistically, like this is the opportunity. This is an opportunity for the TNT championship. If you why thought, are you putting him in, in that position? <laughs> if you thought that he should be bigger than what he is, you should have had some fucking balls and made him the first person to face Cope and not Christian. If that's what you thought. It should have been. It should have been him and not Christian and the white boy brigade. It should have been Swerve going after Cope. It might, it, it leads him naturally into a pipeline that he would eventually, even if he lost, he looks good because that's the first thing that comes out of it, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like the Darby Punk thing where people say that Darby came out of it looking good, right? That, that's, that was the narrative, yeah. right? Lead him right into the TNT championship. <clears throat> Have them, have them run with that because it allows all the people at the top to do their own thing. It allows them to do their own thing. Instead, we're doing fucking Edge versus Christian 2001 again. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's whatever. I just don't so think I it's want, time. I want to I want to ask you a question in parallel to this, and this will lead to our, our, you know, the Patreon part of the show where we go through the shows. <clears throat> LA Knight. I was mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> I said, LA Knight? Lud Knight? I told you. Roman Reigns? I told you. Never. Um, I told you. LA Knight I... is getting a shot at the World Championship. <laughs> Get do it we out. feel like 
do we feel like go ahead i too soon you are you good are you gonna ask if you feel like it's too soon no go off i i don't feel like it's too soon because you have to get it out i was gonna ask yeah i was gonna ask if it's too soon because you don't want the same thing. They're, they're very smart booking around the same Cody, Sammy argument again. Because when April rolls around, they don't want nobody questioning that it should be Cody. And you want it to be as much of a uh, kind of screw over that it's like, okay, you know, Roman realistically, technically, quote, has no more challengers, right? Um, he needs somebody to face. This is the hottest guy out right now. If it wasn't him, it probably would have been like another KO or another Sammy match going into going into Saudi. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I think that the the reactions are there. I think that people want to see it. I think that you you heat him up to a point where you take him to you take his story there, and then you have him kind of earn it after the fact, after Saudi, after Crown Jewel or wherever they decide to do it, because you make another guy by putting him next to Roman. You make another guy. You make another baby face by doing that. He could go either heel or he could go face. And, you know, there's some things that I think there's some things that people have theorized in our Discord. There's some things that people have theorized elsewhere. But I think they have a, a long six to eight month story for L.A. Knight. And I think that we're going to get there. And I'm actually intrigued by the L.A. Knight Roman thing because this more than the Cena thing, Mills, the, the Roman thing is going to decide where this man stands. And we've seen so many times that there have been there have been chances given to guys with the same type of charisma and the same type of look and stuff like that. Ken Kennedy was one of them, right? And they didn't quite make it. They didn't quite fill out for them. This is his chance to see if he, it, it, it can fill out for him. This is his Kennedy versus Batista moment. You know what I mean? Like this this is where it is, and we'll see what what happens. But but I but I was I, I'm very much not shocked that it's this is going to be the direction. It's a. This is a lot very soon. Um, <laughs> and if, again, I feel like there needs to be a lot more of a grassroots movement surrounded by LA Knight. I think the, the LA Knight movement currently is strong, but I also feel like it's it's somewhat brittle. It can be broken in a sense. I feel like people can look at it and see like, mm, this guy, if you put him in the ring too early with anyone, they're like, mm, this guy may not belong to be honest with you um i feel like i wish there was i wish he got a i mean the miss feud notwithstanding but i really wish he got another major feud down the pipeline before he ever hit roman like another feud with another major guy um not making you know cracking yeah not cracking jokes with the miz not anything at I, I wanted to see another kind of like major feud, like really like again, Cody had to be brutalized by Brock for months before he even got back to even standing in the same Brock, Brock don't want to work with, with LA Knight. Brock no, Brock is not working with fucking LA Knight. But I, I could see him working. <laughs> Come on, man. He said, Ray ain't busy. What about Dom? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> work at LA night. I, I, think I it, mean, go ahead. He's beaten solo, you know, all of this stuff. I, I think if we're, if, if you're using this to kind of parallel to swerve, I think that this is actually the way that, that um, they, they could have done it with swerve a lot earlier though. Right. Where it's like, if they see, but here's the thing, you don't even kind of see that grassroots support for swerve. Cause as a heel, he's largely gotten like no reaction for the things that he's done until like now. You know what I mean? Even even then, it's kind of fleeting. And even as a it like, he was like a whatever babyface at that at the time. Like they, they were, him and Keith Lee were popular, but never to the level of LA Knight. So it's not even comparable, really. To, but it make it would make sense if Swerve were to have that type of support that um, LA Knight did have. That this would be the story that you could tell, and then you have him come sh- fall short, and then you have him win it, win it, you know, win it down the line. Win it down the line. If that's the if he <laughs> if he can make it there right now is Roman just, and Cody's. I'm world. just fucking it's around. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's absolutely Roman and Cody's world. But yeah, that that is the A show for this week. Of course, oh, there it goes. Wait, 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 we got one more thing. One more thing. The, the police came to came to tell us we have the Monet watch. I forgot. Yeah, we we got Monet watch. <laughs> She's at New York City Comic Con this week. Okay, and damn. Okay. Yeah, 
she was at New York City Comic Con this week. A brave gentleman stepped up to her table and said, Hey, did you leave WWE because of creative differences? To which she responded with, Why would I bother to tell you? <laughs> so you can continue reading your fantasies online and you can continue to do that because you will never know what happens. And I'm just like, Great. Thanks. <laughs> Great journalism there, buddy. First of all, the buddy was out of pocket. The second is we're never going to hear this story ever. <laughs> we're never going to hear this story, but it also like says like so much about like the fantasy world that she lives in. It's like such a strange way to respond. I so I wasn't bugging. I also thought it was strange. I was like, okay, well, you could just be a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> responding to this, <laughs> I was, I'm trying to think of like how anybody else would respond to this. <laughs> it was like, yeah, oh, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, sure, she like, she like, sunned him, like, she, whatever, like, that's what they do, but like, also, like, that, it was just so strange. And it also, like, makes me feel like, I'm gonna be real, it makes me feel like they released her and that she didn't leave. It makes me feel like that she left and then they fired her. I want to know this story, but we'll never know the actual story. No one has bothered to tell us the story. Not yet, but I'm begging. I'm waiting for the day. Bianca Belair watch. <laughs> She's yeah. on Kiki Palmer's podcast this week. Baby, this is Kiki Palmer. <laughs> Shout out to her. I thought She's she was working. on vacation. <laughs> you know, this is vacation. She don't got to take a bump, a back bump. That's vacation. <laughs> oh, it was a vacation. She on a panel. She on podcast. She doing promos. She doing videos. I'm like, goddamn, that's money, bro. That's I, that's real money. I, all I keep saying is, I hope this makes you rich. I'm waiting for the Hulu show. The Hulu show. Listen, if anything that should be happening in the strike, if Hulu wants my money back, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> put her back on there. My money's yeah, my money's gone. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll bring Hulu back. Uh, the commercial version. If Bianca Belair is on there, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I feel I'll you. Deal I'll deal with it. But uh, what, thank you guys. What, for, oh, what, one, what? One, 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 one more last one. One more last one. Actually, do before we before we head over to the Patreon side of things, I want to. We haven't done this in a while, but I want to give a shout out to a couple new patrons. I want to give a shout out to TMG99. Thank you for becoming a patron. Kate, thank you for becoming a patron. Kate sounds is Kate a woman? Shout out to Kate. Wow. We got a a woman on the on the Patreon. That's awesome. Hey, come on. That's that's at least four or five now. You know what I'm saying? We we up here. You know, run in the Discord and 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 counteract all the all the men there because yeah, the pie chart looking real delicious now. Um, Anthony Greco, shout out to the Patreon. Welcome to the Patreon, Jonathan. Just Jonathan, welcome to the Patreon. Nelson, welcome back to the Patreon. Um, Marcus Brown, welcome to the Patreon. And Godfrey, all right, I'm not going to pronounce your last name. Godfrey, you the man. Um, thank you for uh, signing up to our Patreon. All right, there it is. Well, we're going to go over to Patreon now, talk about uh, Raw and SmackDown for the week. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, there, there's, there's been a lot of things happening. And, and, you know, thank you guys for listening to our uh, our rant on Super Tuesday and everything. But for Meals, I'm Justin. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be right back next week on The A Show. Peace. <laughs>